just to, then, and the reason why I took so long with the offering is because I don't have much to share with you uh, on this other end. It is important, but it's not much. The Lord spoke to me um, a couple of weeks ago, and not, he's not just talking to me. He's talking to others as well. In fact, Brother Reuben called me this week, and uh, the Lord started talking to him about this. And right now, there's some things happening um, in his heart that I just reassured him. Brother, you're hearing from the Spirit. But go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 13. And, um, and then we're also going to go to, so Acts chapter 13, and we're also going to, and after a while, go to Second Chronicles chapter 5. So if you'll write that down back there, you can remember it, because uh, I might ask you, because I might forget. Acts chapter 13. Oh, you know what? There's another scripture too. Uh, um, Acts chapter 13. <clears throat> Verse 1, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord. Say, say that with me. Say, as they ministered to the Lord. Say it again. Say it again. So as they ministered to the Lord. How many times have you heard that? Minister to the Lord. You always hear people referring to ministry as, I got ministered to. I ministered to someone else. When we think about ministry, we always think of ministry happening between different people. Man to man, woman to man, man to woman. You know, a ministry unto one another. But what I think is very rarely talked about in church is ministry unto the Lord or ministering to the Lord. So, uh... That ministry to the Lord or ministering unto the Lord. Some people say, what is that ministry to the Lord? Well, ministry to the Lord is when everything that you're doing is motivated not by what you can get, but, why, but, but it's measured by what he gets out of it. That's a ministry to the Lord. When when you're measure, when when what you're doing for God is measured not by what it does for you, by but by what it does for Him. That's ministry to the Lord. Minist so ministry to the Lord, ministry to the Lord. A lot of the way people perceive it, and a lot of the way people teach on it when they talk about it, is ministry to the Lord could be something like praise and worship. Because praise and worship, although it's helpful to us and our spiritual well-being, praise and worship wasn't intended for us. It was intended to be directed toward the Lord. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? So nowadays we have, we have something, and this, I didn't think about this until I talked with Reuben, but nowadays we have something that people call prophetic worship and prophetic praise. I'm going, to I'm going to tell you all something, and I, I, hope, I hope I'm not shooting anybody's uh, sacred cow here, but 
if, if, if this is one of your cows, let it die. Um, there is no such thing in the Bible. The Bible doesn't talk about prophetic praise and worship because the nature of prophetic praise and worship is to minister to people in praise and worship. And that isn't the intention of praise. That, that's not what God's intention of praise and worship was at all. Praise is, we sang a song today about it. Every praise is to our Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. See, that's where praise goes. It goes to God. It doesn't, it doesn't, praise doesn't happen to encourage men. Worship doesn't happen to encourage men. Now, let me ask you a question. Can men be encouraged during praise and worship? Yes. Yes. But the, the, the real purpose of praise and worship has nothing to do with men and everything to do with God. And so for praise and worship to be right, our thoughts cannot be on ourselves. Our thoughts have to be 100% totally upon the Lord. So that's what ministry to the Lord is. Ministering to the Lord is when we get our thoughts off of ourselves and we get our thoughts 100% completely upon him. Amen. Uh, Jesus, you know, when he was, y'all remember when Jesus was talking with that woman, um, in, uh, the woman at the, at the well of Samaria. I, I think you do, don't you? You remember that? Uh, let's look at that real quick. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 5. It says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, uh, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest a drink of me, which am a, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said answered and said unto her, if, Jesus answered, sound like Mike Tyson up here. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou, knew, <laughs> if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me, to, in other words, he says, if you had recognized who I was, you'd, you'd approach me different. Uh, thou would have asked of him that he would give thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep from whence then hast thou this living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith to her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast, thou hast five husbands. 
And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In, in that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at, yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. What did Jesus say about true worshipers? They would worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Who would they worship? They would worship the Father, amen, in spirit and amen. You know what I believe God's calling for in this hour? True worshipers. True worshipers. I'm not going to get real deep with you here today, but I am, I'm, I am going to speak prophetically. You know, we've got this revival coming up, and I want, I want, to, prepare, I want to prepare the atmosphere for the, for, 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 uh, I want to prepare the environment for what I believe that God wants to do. Listen, folks, I, I told this to the leaders this morning. We are on the, we are on the, we are on the path for God to begin to bring people from all over this nation and all over the world to come and to worship with us here at Winner's Church. I believe that God wants us to, when we started having these uh, first of the year meetings, what was in my heart was that we would give a place to people that hungered and thirsted for revival and for the move of God's spirit in their lives, for the life of God, that they hungered for the life of God to be released in their life, for them to, uh, for them to get a greater revelation of what eternal life, the quali- what the quality of eternal life was. Uh, that's, that's why we, uh, why, what was in my heart when we started doing these revival meetings at the beginning of the year, so that we could give the first part of our year as a first fruits offering to the Lord. To give him the first fruit of our year. Before we got too busy with 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 you know, scheduling and all the things that we have to do for work, for school, for home, for, uh, you know, for self, <clears throat> for self. And listen, you shouldn't feel guilty for doing for yourself. You shouldn't feel guilty for work. All these things are God that are, are things that God intends for us to do. But if we give the beginning of our year as an offering to the Lord, as a sacrifice unto him, as a first fruit offering, I thought, you know, I thought that would be pleasing to God. And if we did it in a way where we would just come together and entertain his presence, then I knew that there could be a flow of life that would go out of Oklahoma City into other places. Well, you know, as we started it out, at first I didn't invite anyone else because I wanted to create the atmosphere. Now, I think we as a church, we know what to expect in these revival meetings. Now, some of the people that we've had come and minister during these revival meetings, they've come and they've ministered and left change because of the environment that was created for these revival meetings. Now, I think we need to begin to understand that God intends to do something greater, greater than you dreamed or imagined. Now, listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. My desire isn't just to get a bunch of butts in chairs and get them to come to Winner's Church. My whole desire is for us to gather together and allow. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. This will probably be the last year that we schedule uh, speakers. 
Next year when we do this, we are not going to have a schedule. Next year, I'm going to invite preachers, and I'm just going to pay for them to be here for the entire week, and then we're just going to go by the Spirit. And we're just going to say, listen, you need to say something tonight. It's, it's on you. So come ready. Come ready. You, you, you can't come here just haphazardly. You're going to have to come here prayed up. You're going to have to come here tucked into God. You're going to have to come here willing to allow the anointing and the Spirit of God to come upon you. And when he comes upon you, you be yielded enough where you can deliver what God... Oh, amen. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, the worship, our worship team and, and the people that join us in worship, they're going to have to be ready. Because I might get up and say... You know what? Ain't nobody saying nothing tonight. Worship team, get up here. Uh, uh, let's do this. Right. Yeah. And throw the microphone. You know what? If all you had is four songs ready, how are you going to do eight? How are you going to do ten? At first, yeah. That's, that might be what it takes. But you know what? You know what I believe will happen as a result? I believe books will be written as a result. Some of you, some of you, you know, uh, Apostle Smith, when he first came to our church, one of the things he said was that Annie would take a greater role in, in the ministry in our church. That has happened. You know what hadn't happened yet? She hadn't written the book he said was in her. Do you know where those, but you, here's the thing. I'm not putting the responsibility on her. Do you know how those, you know how books from God are birthed by being in the presence of God? How can you be in the presence of God? I'll tell you how, by being a true worshiper, by ministering unto the Lord, by, by, by the things that you do in, in life and in church, being about the father and not so much about yourself. Thank God there are benefits from following God. We can't forget his benefits. He's forgiven all of our iniquities. He's healed all of our diseases. He's redeemed our life from destruction. There are lots of benefits that come with serving God. But you know what? If there were no benefits, what would you do? I don't know about you. I'd serve him anyway. If there was no supernatural increase, you know what? Wouldn't hurt my feelings none. Just the fact that I would be with him forever in eternity, living in that quality of eternal life was enough for me. Amen. Praise God. But see, you know how that, 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 that's going to come. You know, I believe that we can create an atmosphere where people can come and books be birthed out of them in, the, in, those, in, a, in those moments. Last year, Ethan and Abigail came to be a part of our revival, and something was birthed in them. They left here changed. Pastor Reuben, thinks he, every, every time he comes, something he could be here for just a few days, and he leaves here changed. Ben went to his church. He left here changed because we were in the presence of the Lord. Here's, here's what I want to encourage you to do, church. I want, you, I want to encourage you to, to give that whole week to the Lord. Every ounce of strength, every ounce of energy, every bit of effort that you put in, I want it to be, listen, I thank God that y'all love me and you all appreciate me and you want to do so, and you, you all do, you all want to do so much for Annie and me. But you know what? I want you to turn your eyes toward Jesus. I want you to turn your eyes to the Father. And everything you do in these meetings, I want it to be a ministry unto the Lord. You know what? I know some of you need uh, for the Lord to do something for you. I don't want you to focus on that. 
I don't want you to focus on that until God illuminates that. You know what, Miss Rhonda, you might be in here in one of those services and you're just pressing into God and all of a sudden the Lord's, the Lord's say, I'm about to put an anointing on you to take you to a higher level of ministry. That's the only time I want you to be aware of you is when the Spirit of God spotlights something in your life and says, I'm about to do something for you. But I want us to discover it in his presence. You know what the church, many churches have become a place where people come together and instead of ministering to the Lord, they're just looking for opportunity after opportunity to minister to one another. You know, there are some people that believe that when they get in the presence of God, the whole reason the presence of God falls is so that they can start laying hands on people. <laughs> they really believe that. And that's not, really what, that's not really what God is looking for. God's looking for people that, that want to have fellowship, that want to, have, that want to take time to minister unto him and have fellowship with him. When Gabe was a kid, I, I may have told you all this while it was happening. You know, Gabe, he always wanted to play. I mean, we would play. Some, some of the games I played, he didn't want to play. We used to play this game called the trap game. He didn't like the trap game much. Because <laughs> what I'd do is I'd take, he'd, he'd come to my room, and if I'd be laying down on the bed, he'd come in there and say, let's play the trap game. The trap game was I would wrap my arms and legs around him, and I would get him all pretzeled in. And, of course, he's tiny then. He, and I'd say, all right, now get out. And he, you know, yeah, you get kind of claustrophobic and you, you, you kind of start, I'm like, hey, calm down. You got to calm your breathing if you'll be calm. And he'd get real calm, you know, and then he'd, he'd start to slide out of the trap. And he, he always had a great sense of, of joy. But, you know, there were times during that time that I just want to talk to him. And he seemed to be engaged with me while we were playing. He seemed to be engaged. So I, I would, I would want to say something like, hey, you know, your granddad you probably need to talk to your grandpa and find out about his past and find out where he came from so that when your kids are curious about where your grandfather came from, you know, this is what's in my mind. I'd only get this out. Hey, your grandpa, and, you know, I'd be like this. We'd be, hey, your grandpa, and that's all I'd get out before he was doing something else. I'm like, Gabe, hey, I want to talk to you. You know, your grandpa, and he'd, he'd be maybe, maybe I'd get to, you need to talk more to your grandpa, and then he, he's off on something else. Right. I could never get to the point. All I could get to was the subject that I wanted to talk about, but I could never get to the point of what I wanted to make with it. Never, never. At some point, and this is exactly how he would say, at some point, he'd just look at me, I'd say, Gabe, just, I want to talk to you. He'd say, I don't want to talk, Dad. I don't want to talk. Let's play Indiana Jones. We would play Indiana Jones. He <laughs> and it was they were silly games, you know. Uh, I was always the bad guy. He was always Indy. As long as as long as he was singing, you know, he would hum the song. Da -da -dun -dun, da -da -dun. He'd say, "As long as I'm doing that, I'm winning." He said, but, but when we play, he said, then you're winning. <laughs> that was playing Indiana Jones. <laughs> but he didn't want to talk. And you know, I found that the body of Christ is a lot like that right now. We want to jump in and we want to play. But when God wants to talk, we don't really want to talk. 
It's uncomfortable because sometimes we go into moments like today. You know what, today? These, I, I would rather have more people here. I'd rather everybody come to church every week. But you know what? It don't bother me that not everybody's here. What will be unfortunate is when they want me to regurgitate what I said today to them special. And I may start doing that for a small fee. But anyway, <laughs> I have a Patreon account if you want. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> it, don't, it, don't, it don't bother me. God's, God's talking to us. Whether there's, a, whether there's a thousand of us here, whether there's 500 of us here, whether there's a hundred of us here, or whether there's 10 of us here, God's talking to us because he's leading us and he's guiding us and he's taking us to the place where he intended for us to go. And pretty soon as we get in his presence, we're going to find that when we, uh, when we come out of his presence and look around, we're going to find new faces and people that, we, we're, we're, we weren't that we're not acquainted with, that we haven't become familiar with, that we're going to have to catch up with because uh, we've been so caught up in his presence that we didn't recognize who had come through the door. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? So specifically, though, when these, as, as we come to these revival, in fact, next week, in the weeks that are coming prior to, which is just next week, I think, right? We only got one more week before revival. So it's two, two weeks away. So next week, when we come together, let's come together to entertain the presence of God. I said that at a church one time, and some lady got mad at me. Entertain the presence. How do you entertain God? That's not even biblical. I'm like, you're an idiot. You never read the Bible. <laughs> That's all anyone's ever tried to do over the over the years. I, I, I did. I did get kind of rough with her, which was I was trying to be nice, but man, it made me so mad. Anyway, Second Corinthians or Second Chronicles, and then we'll finish with this. Second Chronicles, chapter five. And this will be the last verse I'm going to share with you. This is what happens when ministry to the Lord takes place. It says, it came to pass, verse 11. It came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. You know, really the key for you being able to meet with the Lord here publicly is that you take, church, it don't take, it don't take that long for you to meet privately with God. It really, does. it really doesn't. Some of you think you're failing if you, if you, if you prayed for five minutes uh, you know, during the day. Some of you is five minutes more than what you have prayed. Five minutes is valuable. It means something. Start with five minutes a day. You know, listen, I'm going to tell you something. And, and some people, some people will, would be upset about me saying that. Some people are like, well, you're just trying to eat. No, listen. It's, it's just like why, it's the same reason why people fail on diets is why they fail at praying and developing a personal intimate relationship with Jesus. It's because they know that God wants their time and they try to go into it by putting aside several hours a day. You know what? You're not going to do that. You've already failed at doing that. Most, most people have. Now, not all people. Some of you here, you spend that kind of time with the Lord. Praise God. There's others of you, you've never been able to spend that kind of time with God. So you know what you do? You take five minutes. You, you shut your phone off. You don't put it on silent. Well, if you, if you just, just put it, you put it away. Put it some, lock it up. You know what? You ought to buy you one of those boxes that you can put a time on it and lock something up and it won't let you in until after that time has expired. 
Lock up all your crap. Turn off your television. Get yourself, go to a bathroom, get in a closet, go somewhere and spend five minutes with God. You and him, Lord, this is our time. If you can stay there five minutes, good. If you have to stay there longer, then stay there longer. When we got together to pray, when I got together to pray with y'all that, that week before school started, I found it hard to pray here for the amount of time that we had. How, how long did we spend here, Miss Ron? An hour? Was it? We couldn't spend an hour. We, we, we'd get to the end of the hour, we'd be like, oh, Lord, we'll be back, we'll be back. We didn't want to quit. Now, you just want to keep because you find that place. When you're ministering to the Lord, that's a good place to be. So you take, you lock yourself away. Five minutes a day, five minutes, five minutes a day. If it turns into 10, praise God. If it turns into an hour, praise What you're going to find is that it's going to turn into something more than what you dreamed or imagined that it could. And you know what else you're going to find out? The world will go on without you for that hour. You know what? Making that phone call five minutes later isn't going to affect the outcome. Signing that paper five minutes later isn't going to affect how things are. Being, being five minutes offline, off that computer, is not going to crash the whole state of Oklahoma uh, uh, payroll system. But how many times do we believe that? How many times do we believe that? Every day. Every day we believe that we cannot sacrifice five or ten minutes of our time to be alone with God. Looking to be in his presence. We, we, need, we, need to, we need to make it a priority. And then every day, you know what? You don't even have to set a timer when, during revival. You'll know that your time to be in the presence of the Lord is the time that we gather together. And then you got however many, however long it is that we're here. <laughs> Lord, we're we about to have us a vacation together. Amen. Amen. Ooh, listen, I know it'll be hard for some of y'all to believe, but a vacation in revival with the Lord is better than a weekend oh, vacation yeah. in Florida oh, yeah. on the beach. Yeah. Always listen, yeah. you, you don't you ever dream or imagine this, but it'll, it'll, it'll straighten out your priorities. Praise God. I know, I know some of you like, oh man, I like that beach. Colorado, I love it in Colorado. Be hard to imagine anything could be better than being in those mountains. But I'm telling you, you get in the presence of God. Amen. So I said, did, we, did I read any of this yet? Oh, yeah. It, said, it says that they said, they, the, when the priests were come out of the holy place. So you got to get in that holy place. For all the priests that were present were sanctified. They were set apart and did not then wait by course. Also Levites, which were the, the, uh, which were the singers all of them of Asaph, of Haman, and of Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them and 120 priests 
sounding with trumpets, it came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord or in ministry to the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Amen. Amen. I know we've, we've probably read that before or heard somebody talk about it. Back in the 80s, we would, uh, people would, were talking about those particular verses of Scripture. I don't know. I, I know Don and Lynn were in church in the 80s. Uh, I don't know if anybody else in here was in the church in the early 80s. But what happened in the early 80s in church was there was, a, you know, of course, kind of toward the end of the charismatic movement, I think. Uh, yeah, kind of toward the end of the charismatic movement. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But anyhow, um, lots of people, you know, being filled with the Spirit, lots of people uh, discovering gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, lots of people hearing about deliverance and things of that sort for the very first time. There was a lot that was new. Praise and worship, praise and worship was, praise and worship the way you know it was brand new in the early 80s. Prior to that, there were these books that sat in the back of the benches that people would pull out and they'd open up to a certain page. They'd give you a page number and you'd start singing out of that book. No one, listen, literally before the early 80s, in the, I don't think it even happened in the 70s. I'm not, I'm not certain. I don't even think it happened in the 70s. People weren't singing off the wall like we do. There weren't, chor there weren't choruses sung. You sang hymns. So this whole thing of us doing worship like this is fairly, really fairly new. It's, I mean, it was, it was brand new when I came into the, you know, came into the kingdom. But one of the things that the Lord was saying to us was this. And I, I love the way our, this building is set up because we can have it happen here. But one of the things that was said through prophetic utterance was this. The Lord says, there'll come a time when you'll gather together and no man will lay hands on anyone to minister healing to the sick. But the sick will be healed as they walk into the door and as they come into my presence, they'll be made whole. The sick will be rolled in on cots and on uh, wheelchairs and on stretchers through one door and they will go out the other door pushing their stretchers in there and carrying their cots and pushing their wheelchairs healed as they walked into the meeting where the presence of the Lord was being manifested. Now, will the, will the laying on of hands be eliminated completely? No, There's a, that's, a, that's a New Testament doctrine. We will always lay hands on people. But I believe we are coming into a time when we're going to be in the presence of God in such a measure that people will come through the door. And when they come through the door, whether they were a part of the worship service or not, whether they were a part of, you know, sometimes you go to a meeting and people were like, man, it was a good meeting. And some people are like, well, I got there late. You know, 
Ah, I wish I'd have been there from the beginning. You know what? You're going to come to service, and if you're late and hadn't been there from the beginning, you're going to receive a touch anyhow because it's not going to be about how good the music was. It's not going to be about who sang and how they moved you emotionally. That's not what it's going to be about. It's going to be about people entertaining the presence of God and the presence of God being in the place so strong that the, that the priest couldn't even stand to minister, that there was a cloud that entered the room, and when that cloud entered the room, uh, the Spirit of God did the work. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So we got, we got people coming. We got Pastor Harris coming. We know Pastor Harris. But you know what? We're, we're, we're not going to pull on Pastor Harris as much as we're going to pull on the Lord. Amen. We're going to pull on the Lord for the anointing that's in Pastor Harris that's to work. Right. We love Pastor Harris. But we're going to pull on the Spirit of God. We're going to pull on the Lord for God to do something through Pastor Harris while he's here. We got a fellow Tom Scarella coming. We've never had him before. You know what? Um, I'm I'm, I'm sending out a deal of what our expectations are for, for Tom and for everybody that's coming. So because we're not acquainted with his ministry, it might be a little bit different than what we're accustomed to. He may not minister. You know what? He may come in here and assume y'all know less than what you do. So he may tell you something and you're like, well, I already got a revelation on that. He may come in here and say something and say something that I've told y'all not to do. He might get up here and say, you know what? All of you can prophesy. You know what you're going to do? You're going to be like, well... You know, you can't, you, can't, you can't hit it out of the park every day. But we're not going to shut him off. We're going to pull on the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to believe that God. You know what? One time I went to a church, and I didn't step on any of the pastor's pet doctrines for three months. And when I finally did, it was over something. It was all over the day of Pentecost. And, but he, he, he wouldn't even have dinner with me uh, during this revival because... He didn't want to mess up what he knew was supernatural. He was like, I know. He said, I have Bible scholars come in that trample all over the things that I've taught and preached in this church, and they do it in the first 10 minutes they open up their mouth. He said, you've been three months, and he said, I know it's God. He said, because you're not smart enough to stay out of my stuff. (laughs) It's kind of a backhanded compliment, but I, I took it as a compliment because you know what? He was right. The Spirit of God. It was supernatural. Spirit of God kept me out of that. Why? Because that's what he wanted to do. We're going to believe that the Spirit of God's going to order this thing. Amen. And so when Tom's here, you know what? We, got, we believe God's anointed Tom Scarella. And so, you know, that's what we're going to pull for. We're going to pull for the Lord to do through Tom what maybe Tom's never had done through his life before. Amen. And we're going to, we're going to pull on the Holy Ghost. But our focus is going, we're going to be wrapped up in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And then when Ben gets here, we're going to do the same. Because we're expecting the Lord to do great things. Step, stand up all over the place. Did, did, uh, did you get the message? I think you got the message today. Very instructive today. You could tell it was going to be by how it started. Um, I'm glad you came to school today. Praise God. <laughs> Holy Ghost School. Amen. Amen. Man, these kids, this will be a good opportunity for these children to learn how to get over there in the Holy Ghost. And Oh, man, I'm telling you, 
We're going to let them run and shout. They're going to get up here and dance and sing. We're going to encourage it. Amen. Amen. Praise. Listen, if they're going to run, we might as well run with them. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If they're going to run, we might as well run with them. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, if uh, Emery wants to scoot up here, just as long as Lewis comes with him, keeps him from getting trampled, I think that'd be fine. Amen. Let him get up there and pound on that, pound on that thing at Gabe. Amen. Gabe would probably appreciate the encouragement. Praise the Lord. But I want us, all of us, all of our families, every one of us, I want us to get over there. I'm, you know, explain it. We'll explain it to our children. We'll, uh, you know, I'll do my best to explain it to them too. This is not a playtime. It's not a playtime, but you know what? We want you to get in the presence of God. Right. And this is how you do it. And it may be fun to you right now. It may be just something that you can, you know, get your, you know, get out your, uh, your little energy that you have, which they don't ever run out. But anyway, but we, you know, we, get, we explain it to them. This is, this is, we're going, we want you to get in the presence of God. This is an opportunity for you to learn how to minister to the Lord. Amen. How to not just sit and be an observer, but how to be a participator. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I hope this helped you today. Praise the Lord. Listen, I am so encouraged about what is in store, not only for us as a church, uh, not just locally, Hallelujah. Not just in our state, not just nationally, but what God has in store for us globally as his people. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, we thank you for uh, what you're saying to us. We receive with, <laughs> we receive with joy of the words that you're speaking unto us. And Lord, we thank you. May we find opportunities every day to spend time with you in your presence, entertaining your presence, Lord, allowing you to do in us, Lord, to develop in us a hunger and a thirsting for more of you. May we, may we get like John the Baptist. Lord, you increase so that we can decrease. You increase so that we can decrease in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. So, Lord, let your hand rest upon each one today. Lord, as we go out of here, may we go out with joy and be led forth with peace in the name of Jesus. May people see you in us and may they... May they May they leap like John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb. May they leap for joy at the hope. May they leap for joy, God, at the hope that they find in the Jesus that we carry every day. I thank you, Father. Thank you. We thank you for the privilege. We thank you for the honor. In Jesus' name, everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. Listen, you know what to do in the offering. Uh, you're, if you're a superseder, you saw what, what week, what is 51? Man, we're here. We're at the end. 